You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Purek, here with my awesome co-host, David Lahav. What's going on, David? Hey, everybody. It's going great. Good. David, uh, you just got back from Israel. Is that right? That is correct. Back in a normal time zone. And uh, we just recorded a podcast about how different time zones are kind of crazy. So I'm sure you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling good to be back here. Absolutely. The jet lag was a little bit brutal, but feeling at the other end of it by now. Good, good, good. Uh, David, you and I were talking briefly about uh, something before the call, and I was like, hey, we should just talk about this on the pod today. Uh, So what is the topic for today? Yeah, super excited for it. And uh, what we've been talking about is how there is this secret that allows any business owner, especially a local business owner, to work less um, and or it, not just work less, but pretty much um, it's a secret that helps uh, the business owner have a much better lifestyle um, and, and enjoy life a lot more and let the business run pretty much by itself. And I'm, I'm kind of smiling here because it's the most counterintuitive secret that you could have. Uh, I mean, do you <laughs> want to do I'll do a little drum roll drum roll here. What's the secret? So I'm I'm waiting for the drum roll. All right, hold on, hold on. The secret is stop being available. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, it. And what do we mean by that, Neil? Be less available with your business. Be less accessible. That's exactly mm-hmm. what David is saying over here. Um, and, sounds and super reason, counterintuitive, but David, yeah, please the explain. reason it's counterintuitive because you're thinking, well, you know, for my business to run better, I need to be involved. I need to get in there, fix things. And while it may be true initially, so what we're talking about is more relevant for when you've already started your business, when you already have a team, when you already have some processes, at that point, what might be a bottleneck is the fact that you're kind of stuck in the middle and everything is connected to you, even though you have people, even though you have systems, and then being able to, or starting to not be available is allowing the systems to actually do the work for you. It's allowing your team mem- team members to actually do the work for you. And it can be a little bit uncomfortable because it's very likely that some things are going to break. Some things are not going to work um, as well as they should. But one of the fastest ways to have those things surface up is through this process of starting to remove yourself from the business becoming less available and seeing how well your people and team handle things in your absence and then working with your team and on your processes in order to make sure, okay, this this problem that created a customer service complaint, how can we fix it next time systematically so I'm not the one who has to notice it and, and fix it, but the system and the people notice it and fix it. So Neil, maybe you can give us a few examples. I know you're going through this process right now with your business. What are some things you've been implementing? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely have some practical uh, feedback on this. And I guess one thing I want to clarify, I know everyone's heard like, stop working in your business, work on your business. That's kind of what we're saying, but in some ways, not really. I'm not, we're actually taking it literally to the point of be less involved, like be unavailable to your team members. Here's an example. Um, we manage our businesses through Slack, right? So I'm often on Slack and oftentimes team members have a question of saying, hey, here's a customer issue. What do I do? Or asking me for quick advice. Most times I've been like available because I see and know I have the answer and I could just tell them they're asking me and I'll say, oh, just do this. Or if I'm looking at Slack and I see something going wrong, I just quickly answer it and say, hey, uh, this is what you do, okay? You know, it takes me five seconds, avoid a big issue, avoid a blowout, awesome. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I've been doing the last however many years. Here's the problem with that. You're training your team to know that you're always available. So whenever there's something hard to figure out or something they don't know, what do they do? They're going to default to just calling you and you're the Superman who has all the answers for everything, right? Uh, so it's hard to get out of that. And what I've done recently is actually um, I turned off my Slack notifications, meaning I don't get notified on my phone for Slack. I don't get notified on my computer for Slack. So only if I go into Slack and look at the notifications, then I'll see that people have pinged me. But what that means is my team might be contacting me and I'm not answering, right? So they have a couple options. Either they don't get the work done or they figure it out themselves. Um, that's generally what's been happening. If it's an emergency, they know they could text me, uh, but I have not received a text yet, right? And nothing's broken. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's 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 been like kind of an aha moment. And we'll kind of talk about why this happens, but that's one exact example of I'm less available. They got to figure it out. But it took me a long time to get there because it's so easy just to say, I know the answer. I'm going to do it. Beautiful. And so much of it is our own discomfort. So we're afraid that if we're not there, then things are going to get messed up. So yep. we're the ones who are the limitation, whereas our team members and our systems can actually take care of those things uh, for us. So an another big example from my experience was when I went it into a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat in Myanmar. This was... Mm -hmm in 2019, I believe. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I already had uh, an operations manager in the digital marketing company. And was it? I think it might have been 2018 even. And um, they were supposed to take care of a lot of things. But what would happen is they would do exactly what you mentioned, Neil, reach out to me uh, to talk about pretty much like every little thing. And mm -hmm. it took a really long time to have them take more responsibility and really step into that role. So the magical thing that happened, we had a talk before the 10-day meditation retreat. And I basically said, like, hey, I'm not going to be available. I fully trust you to make decisions and, you know, and, and take full responsibility during this time. And if you mess up, that's also okay. So don't be afraid to mess up. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge shift because when I came back, that's when they things really clicked for the manager. And then they kind of stayed that way, even though I was back. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing to note on that is you had a manager in your place who had some experience, right? I think yes. that if someone says, oh, good, should I do this from the second month in business? Uh, should I just become more unavailable? What would you say to that? I think it's fun to experiment and fun to experiment early on 
because in many ways, the sooner the better. If you can design your company to work well without you from the first days, beautiful. The only piece I would say that uh, is probably important is if you don't have business experience, it really helps to go through those, those things yourself. Um, and the second part is also to learn about the business so you know all the functions and you're able to train other people. If you don't have those two parts of experience in business and also an understanding of the business, it's going to be hard to hire someone and train them and build systems to get the job done efficiently. Um, that said, we do have a pretty cool example of the franchise uh, that I own with my partner in Denver. Um, Neil, maybe you can share a little bit of, of how you know, you're seeing um, us building that kind of culture of not being available in the company. Yeah, of course. So this is for uh, Made This Denver, which David owns. Uh, and he has a partner in there. Her name is Danielle. And she has a specific management style, which lends itself to this. Uh, and here's an exact example of how you could use a management style to actually have this culture in your company. So oftentimes uh, there's there's someone at the company who will constantly ping Danielle for questions of things to do. Um, and the way Daniel manages, she says, hey, I'm going to meet with you one time a day to answer all the questions. But besides that, I fully trust you. You've gotten proper training. You know what to do. Here's your systems and operations manual. Have at it. But besides that, I'm going to be unavailable except for this time slot to meet in the day. That's one way of doing it, right? Some people might see that as mm -hmm. an extreme way, but some people might see that as empowering your team members. Um, it works, right? I think it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And some some of your team members might not be suitable for that. But if, they, if that is how you want to run the company, then you better find people who are self-starters and could kind of manage themselves so you could have that type of company. Uh, so that's the exact mm -hmm. example, David, I think you're talking about. Beautiful. And, and a key part of it is also like giving them a lot of training ahead of time. So this works when they already, uh, and, and you know because we're a part of the Made This franchise, we got very great, you know, very good training, very good support. So anyone, everyone on the team already knows what they need to do. And those kind of questions and things, it's more on the job training with some maybe rare cases that are happening or things they're seeing for the first time. Mm -hmm. And this really forces them to use their best judgment first instead of all the time, like leaning into the, the owner or the manager to make those decisions. There is also uh, a funny saying from the Israeli military about this. In the Israeli military, you might become a commander when you're a year and a half into your service or, or a year into the service. So you're just like a 19-year-old guy who's not responsible for a bunch of 18-year-olds. Mm -hmm. Or you, know, you might be responsible for 20 or 21-year-olds as well. Um, so what many times happens is the, the officer comes in and say, here is what we need to do. And then the commander will go and say to the soldiers, uh, well, the officer said, this is what we need to, this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. So in a way he's just becoming a pipeline where things just pass through. Yep. And that's something we want to avoid with managers. And it, it applies to business as well. We don't want the, the person we're hiring to be a manager or an employee with responsibility. We don't want them to just be a pipeline and pass things along from customers to owner. That's yeah. not what, what we want them there for. Exactly. Great, great yeah. way to say it. Um, one thing I will note, which we touched upon David is it really depends on the size of business you're in. And I like what David's point is of testing out whether your systems and your team are in a, in a place to be able to accelerate and do things without your input. Here's an example. Early on, I, um, started made this, I quit my job 
And um, after some traveling, I went to Poland. And I remember I had my manager in the place and I went and I was pretty much out of commission for like a, a week, two weeks, bad internet, things like that. Just wasn't really working, running around Europe. Uh, and my manager still talks about that traumatic experience because she wasn't properly trained. She didn't have this team around her. She didn't really know what to do. So for her, it was extremely tough that I was away. Um, it was too tough, right? And that's when I knew like, hey, my systems are not really at the point where I could relinquish control on the day-to-day -day and just completely bow out, right? As things have progressed, um, I think the trap people get into is at the beginning of your business, you're always involved. You have to be super involved in everything because one, you have to build yourself up and know what to do. Second of all, you probably can't afford people uh, to staff things up. So you have to do everything yourself. It's kind of like you have a very tight grip on it. And over time, you have to loosen that grip. But it's tough mm -hmm. to loosen that grip if you're not used to it. It's The habit is when something comes in or you see something wrong, you know how to answer it. You answer it. That's how you've started your business mm -hmm. career. So it does take some unlearning as you grow to say, oh, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to refrain from doing that. I'm going to unlearn this bad habit. Uh, hey, and that's that's what I'm doing right now. How many years into business uh, am I? You know, It's been like seven, eight years, and I'm still just unlearning this part about it uh, over time and just getting more and more uninvolved. Beautiful, uh, Neil. And, and the payoff for that can be so huge. So if we look at it from a different lens, we say, you are the business owner, you are the CEO. If you end up spending a lot of your day doing work that your employees who are earning, let's say $15 an hour or $20 an hour, or $30 an hour, even $50 an hour, you are doing $50 an hour work. Now, anyone who wants to have a very successful life, finances, financial freedom, they need to make sure that their hourly rate uh, is much higher than that. And ideally, even so it's not connected directly to income. If I'm doing customer service, I'm doing work that someone else can do for $20 an hour. Mm -hmm. However, if I take myself out of the day-to-day, -day, have systems and people to take care of that, I can start doing things that are $200 an hour, $1,000 an hour, $10,000 an hour. For example, buying another business can be an activity that generates tens, tens of thousands of dollars per hour, or perhaps getting another strategic partner, launching another marketing platform. Um, things like that, they help the scale and have a lot more leverage than me staying at the answering Slack messages and picking up phones and taking care of uh, fires in, in the day-to-day -day that someone else can do that we're paying $20 an hour. Here's the catch. Even if they can't do it as good as you, your time is still probably better spent doing something else. That's the biggest catch. That's hard to unlearn. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you got to let go of. Yeah. Not, not everything's going to be perfect. Yep. Yep. Not everything's <laughs> going to, there'll be, there'll be some holes and that's okay. Uh, David, uh, this conversation also started because you had mentioned something to me before we started recording about what, you see the next few months going in terms of this, you know, this, the secret we're talking about over here becoming less available. Can you tell the audience what is this change you're making here? Yeah. So in the last few months, I've been very involved in our locksmith company. And then I've made a decision beginning of next year to go on a three-month meditation teacher training um, retreat. So it's going to be three months, pretty much completely offline, 
disconnected from the day to day of the business. So what I've been working on and what I'm continuing to work on is how do I make sure that I have the right team and processes so things continue to run well without me. And the last few months while I was working on it, my instinct has been, okay, I'm going to grind. I'm going to work as hard as I can until then because, you know, time is running out and I have to get as much as possible until then. But after coming back from Israel, I'm a little bit of a different mindset right now. I'm in a mindset that says, well, I'm very curious, like how well is the business actually running right now Mm -hmm. without me being super involved? So in another counterintuitive way, the way to get to the business running well without me for three months is not grinding 12 hours a day, seven days a week on the business until the moment I have to leave. It's more around already not being as involved and then seeing what are the key areas that still needs improvements and still needs delegating and systems built. It would actually be a disservice to your business if you grinded and got super involved for the next three months because now they're going to be trained and dependent on you. And what's going to happen when that goes away, right? It's going to be like they immediately overnight lose a key cog in what they're doing. It's not going to work. Um, That's the biggest shift. So I do love what you're doing with slowly getting away more all the way to the point where it's like, hey, three months, you're not going to hear from me. Like that, That's actually, that's a lot. That's a long time. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is that the biggest obstacle is in my head because we already have a great team. I have a business partner. Like overall, things are running smoothly, but it's my fear and me being in my own head thinking like, oh, you know, with the challenges we're having now with the company, I'm the one who needs to be there every day watching over things <laughs> to, to get us to where we need to go. Yeah. Another good point you mentioned, um, if you have a business partner, that's one way to structure it where you could kind of ease the burden depending on what your strength is and what your business partner's, business partner's strength is as well. So another way yeah. to structure things, we talked about management style, um, You know, having a proper business partner who could take over while you're gone. Another great way to structure it where you're less involved. Yeah. And, and for us remote local business owners, uh, it's really fun to have business partners that are local and don't want to be remote local. They enjoy mm-hmm. you know, owning a house. They enjoy having their dog, families, friends, kind of you know, local life. Uh, whereas like with us, it's the other way around. Like I want to be remote. I want to travel. I want to have freedom. Uh, but you know, if they couldn't pay me to switch with my business partner and be a lot more on the ground, local, not going anywhere, and also couldn't pay him, to travel around in Asia and Latin America um, because it's not what he wants. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a, it's a good yin and yang, you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. Well, everyone listening here, you just heard the secret to having your business run completely on its own without you. And it's pretty simple. Just become less available. Turn off your notifications. Go on the meditation retreat for three months and things just happen. Half joking, but also half serious. I, I think that is truly the secret here. Absolutely, Neil. And yeah, maybe to wrap up a a few like small tips on things you can do without feeling like it's extreme. Again, like the biggest thing here is our own psychology and Mm -hmm. being afraid of doing things. Like I'm sure, Neil, you were kind of worried, you know, turning off your phone or your Slack for (laughs) hours on end. And you said like, I thought there were going to be fires and they could text me, but nobody, nobody did. So through this Mm -hmm. small experiment, you're matching up like is the fear real or is it only in my head getting proof that it's only in your head which allows you to go to the next mile so what are some tips we can offer 
our, our listeners with their businesses on things that are pretty easy to do immediately? Sure. Quick one. Tell, tell your team that you will be unavailable until X time in the day. Simple, right? You just say, hey, uh, feel free to ping me. I'm not going to answer until two o'clock, right? Then you could kind of start to wean away from really having your eyes glued to the screen for Slack or whatever communication medium you have and seeing what is really urgent and not urgent. So that's one quick tip. David, what do you got? I love it. Um, one of my personal favorites for with the kind of life we're living now, everybody's connected, people are pinging you emails, Slack. Uh, I really love putting my phone on airplane mode. So mm. um, do not disturb in airplane mode. I do it. Actually, my phone is on both of these uh, for a very high percentage of the day already, but especially wow. during nighttime. So let's say I'm having a date night. Um, I'm waking, I'm sleeping, I'm waking up and doing my morning routine. So in, on those days, my phone is on do not disturb an airplane from 6 p.m. until 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. the next morning. And if I choose to, I can go and like check um, WhatsApp or something like that proactively during that time. But when I really want to do that and not when I get pinged. I love that. So, I'm not just going to implement that right mm -hmm. now. And for people listening, you say, hey, I can't. What if there's an emergency? There's a way on your iPhone to put do not disturb where if someone calls you twice in a row, it will actually come through to you. So there's multiple ways to do this. And and you'd be surprised at how you know things most likely are going to run smoothly without you. So even if it's for a few hours, uh, I really recommend playing with this. Yeah, I love that. Good. Well, to everyone listening, uh, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this helps you take back a little bit of your time, helping you scale your business, get a little bit more sanity back as well. So thanks for listening to the Remote Local Podcast and catch you next week. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.